Welcome to the Popcorn for One fortnightly podcast. Grab your popcorn and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Popcorn for One is about to review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. It may even want to make you watch these films yourself. Wednesday, 10th of August. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. I hope you have had a fantastic fortnight. I have. It's been lush and we're now on some holiday for me. Woohoo! Well deserved. So let's have a quick review as to what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be talking about what I have been watching for the last fortnight. We're then going to talk about the HBO situation. We're then going to be looking at what you've been watching for the last fortnight. I'm then going to talk Kenobi because I've finally seen it. So if you've not seen it, apologies. I'm going to try not to spoil it, but it's just going to be me mainly fangirling out. And then we're going to have our big review of the fortnight. That's a lot to get into one episode, so we'll just crack on, shall we? Time for me to go through what I've been watching in the last fortnight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And actually, we're only really going to talk about eight of them right now. So, you know. Mm-hmm. So, on when I was last chatting to you, I put up a poll online. And I said, film Twitter, Instagram Twitter, letterboxed. I haven't got any cinema booked for this week. I need to go and see something. What should I go and see on Monday night? I'm busy Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Let me know. What should I go and watch? Do I go and watch um, The Crawdads to give it another shot again? Do I go and watch Four? Or do I go and watch Top Gun Maverick? Unanimously, the internet voted in its dozens. That's about 30 people voted. Um, And every single one of them said, well, if you're not going to see Top Gun Maverick again, why are you even asking this question? So I went and saw Top Gun Maverick again, and it still hits so hard, and it is still so fantastic, and it's absolutely amazing. And, yeah, I really don't know why you haven't seen it yet if you've not been... It was really interesting sitting in the cinema, um, hearing uh, people um, laugh because it's the first time they've seen it. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're, you're laughing here? But really? Oh, wow. You could tell people that could. In fact, there was one point where there was suddenly um, a little bit of a hush moment where we start Act 3 and you, ha- you just heard everyone go like, talk to me, goose, talk to me, goose, talk to me, goose. And then he said, talk to me, goose. And we like, Yay! <laughs> I also realised that the guy that's Hangman is the stockbroker in um, The Dark Knight Rises. That's interesting. And it is one of the best act threes in modern cinema. It really is. And if you want to see it for any reason, go and see it for act three. It's, oh, it's mesmerising. Yeah. My own rules are stopping me from hitting the golden buzzer for this. And there's good reason for that. And once we've done that film and possibly one other, then we'll find out. It's very tempting, though. Then, one of the reasons why my last episode was released at a weird time um, was because I went to go and see my sister just for a general chat and a catch-up before she's gone away, where she currently is at the moment. And 
we agreed years upon years ago, 10 years ago, that when it was the 10th anniversary of something, we would reenact it. And we kind of forgot about it a lot. And then last year I mentioned it. She was like, yeah, we'll definitely do it. We'll keep the parents out and we'll do it in that house. Since then, my parents have moved and various other stuff has gone on. And I've just not had a chance to do this thing. And then we were watching Paul McCartney at Glastonbury. And he was busy playing Hey Jude. And we were on the family group chat. And my sister just put, oh, how many more opportunities will Sir Paul McCartney get to play Hey Jude to that many number of people? And I said to her, we said that 10 years ago at the opening ceremony of the Olympics. And she went, yeah, I'll book the day off. I'll come and drink with you. Will we watch it? So that's what we did. I booked the following day off. And on the 10th anniversary of London 2012 Olympics, we sat there on a sofa, eating Chinese, drinking Pims, watching the opening ceremony of the Olympics on the, 20, on the 10th anniversary. It's still spectacular. We put on the best opening ceremony show. And Sir Danny Boyle, you are a legend just for that. And forget everything else you've done. We'll get on to that. But, oh, it... Oh, it just works. It's so British and it's so weird. And, oh, we do things. We take the mickey out of ourselves, but we do things right. And we got that opening ceremony and the whole Inspire Generation and everything. And it's just, yeah. It's bloody fabulous, isn't it? How was that 10 years ago? It's all the stuff about it all ending and how it's like, oh, no, the Olympics is over been nice watching the highlights back going it's been 10 years since this and it's literally feels like yesterday oh, highlight of the olympics is still tim hemmen going Woo-hoo! when annie murray beats roger feather and wins a gold that's still my highlight of all the stuff that happened <sighs> yeah that that's pretty special then i was at my parents what was i at my parents I was doing something. I can't remember, but I was doing some... Oh, no, it was the end of Neighbours. That was it. Neighbours finished on TV. Yeah, everyone else has got a rock and roll Friday night and we're all off down the pub or we are getting ready to go and see this personal go and camping and whatever. And what did I do on my Friday night? I sat indoors and watched Neighbours and was that where we were going, Hey, Skypeers! Yay! <laughs> um, so I watched that and then I watched the normal bit of Friday telly that I normally watch, um, which is Olympic-based. Which is still going on 10 years later as well. And I was just flicking the channels, and there was a huge selection as to what you could watch. There was um, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Kingsman, which obviously I'd only seen the end of the other day. Um, and there was another two films, oh, Fast and Furious, and there was something else as well. And I was just sitting there going, like, you know what? As much as Top Gun Maverick's got the best act three, let's watch the thing that's got the second best act three recently. And I watched Mission Impossible Fallout from the point where um, they get to Paris. Oh, so much so that I've now put Mission Impossible Fallout inside my top 20 films because I'm not sure how many times I've now seen this film, but every single time I watch it, I sit there and go, if I'm going to do it at the end. And that's the making of a good film, because even though I know they complete the mission and it all goes well and they save the day and everything, I'm still sitting there and it goes, I'm just like, I love a countdown clock. I think I need to add that to my post and I'm a countdown clock person. The ticking clock gets me going like, oh, mainly because I love timing it. (laughs) I love timing the fact that, you know, is it 15 minutes? Is it 20? You know, is it correct? 
But no, I love a countdown clock. They're brilliant. <sighs> Good old Mission Impossible Fallout. Then I decided to watch Contagion. Contagion I have owned for like ever, probably since about 2013. And it was one of those, you buy it for five, £3 in HMV. So it's a Matt Damon film. It's about a, it's about a pandemic. I'll watch it one day. Never watched it. And obviously it became very popular during lockdown. <laughs> Of all the various lockdowns. Oh, we had a conversation about that the other day. Where someone was talking about... What about lockdown was that? I'm like, no, that wasn't a lockdown. That was a tear. They're like, oh, okay. But, yeah, I decided not to watch it. Peak lockdown. Peak pandemic. Because I thought, no, it's just going to freak me out. And it actually probably had less of an impact now that I've lived through a pandemic. <laughs> as much as some bits that were still pretty scary. And you're sitting there going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um... But obviously there's bits that are hyped up. But the thing I couldn't get my head around was that as much as the vaccines was a happy Hunger Games movie, I'll just be ever in your favour as to when you get jabbed. Um, they picked a day at random. So we literally drew out where I, March 1st are the first people getting a vaccine and they get it on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, the people born on November 7th get it. Eh? What? No, age, age, much better. <laughs> As much as I sat here and you all heard me moan about the fact that oh, I've not called my group up yet, I was just sitting again. Like, I understand why everyone else is getting vaccinated, but they've all had two before I've had one, and I've got the money and the life to spend in the economy. <laughs> but yeah, I also liked the fact that it came back around to the fact that it was that initial family and that initial um, patient zero that did cause everything inadvertently as well. That was quite good. Um, the, running back to village as well that was uh, yeah but, yeah but i think it hit less because i'd lived through it it was still a good film and it was still clever jude law was amazing um but yeah i think it hits less and has less of an impact now because we know what happens <laughs> we know we know unfortunately a lot of people died but we know we survived the rest of us and was it worth it yeah, yeah, yes, it was. Yes, it was. I'm going to Coldplay on Friday. Of course, it was. <sighs> so yeah, it was also worth it because I've now got Disney Plus back, <laughs> which moves on to the next film, which was The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm not sure why, but for about the last, I've watched it around this time last year. But for about the last three or four weeks, I've been like, when I get Disney Plus back, I'm gonna watch Kenobi, but I'm also gonna watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame again, and I have no idea why. And it's really dark and it's really depressing. And I'm still not sure why they turn that into a kids film. But when they do make it into an adult film, please, can you put Ben Mendelsohn as Frollo? Please, please, please. Just imagine him being that evil. Ooh. Ooh. With a cape as well. He's proved he can sing too. He did that in Cyrano. So, yeah. So that was what I first watched with Disney+. Plus. Then I went to the cinema and I went and saw DC League of Super Pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, the fact that The Rock pulls the people's eyebrow as an animated dog wearing sunglasses and says the word jabroni. <laughs> oh. The romance with Kevin Hart is very real and it is very good and that is very sweet. Um, 
it's all right. There's some proper cliche moments in there. There's some proper in-jokes as well. Like, why don't I get a magic hammer? Or why didn't this happen? It's pretty well animated. And you can work out where the story's going. But all the kids in my screening, because they didn't show an evening screening of it, which was a real pain. And we're not doing one this week either, because otherwise I would have then gone then. Um, the latest of the screening times was 10 past six last week. And this week it's 20 past six. It's like, what? Why? Why? But all the kids were laughing and there was a group of lads that turned up just as the trailers were finishing and they all sat around and were like, oh, okay. Ah, ah. And they were all properly laughing at all the in-jokes between The Rock and Kevin Hart as well and, you know, Keanu Reeves. And I'm pretty sure there were a lot more DC references in there than just the ones I've done that. In fact, I think there was a point where someone went, life is good and it can be, and someone went, no, 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 villain. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> But it was good. It was fun. I can see why kids love it. So, yeah. It did delay something, though. I've watched Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll talk in a second. And then I went back to the cinema. And I went and saw Bullet Train, which is this fortnight's big review. So we'll move on from there. Yeah. Then... With my Disney Plus, I was like, well, I don't want to start another series because I'd quite like to get the Game of Thrones season five done before I ever move on to Moon Knight. That's my plan. I might get, might get some of that watching done now. Mm. Anyhow, um, so I was going through Disney Plus and I was like, right, what's on there? What can I watch? What I don't I own? The Beach. And I remember being a child and hearing that The Beach, how it wasn't well received and it wasn't actually that good a film and being like... Oh, I remember there being a big upheaval that the new Leonardo DiCaprio, Danny Boyle super film um, lost at the box office to Toy Story 2. And I think I was on my way home from Disneyland and that was all the train was talking about, all the adults, because I think it was big news and being like, oh, okay. I can see why the beach lost to Toy Story 2 at the cinema. It is very weird. And it, it's go, it goes on by Robert Carlyle's pretty unhinged. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. And what an epic cult. And it's all weird. And there's a random shark. And And at the start of Act 3, it loses its way entirely. (laughs) I know that Danny Boyle loves a trip every now and then. And it all goes a bit weird and everything else. But (sighs) DiCaprio was too young to deal with that. You can see when he has his screaming fit at the end of Act 3, which is really good and saves it just... um, when the far when the farmers turn up, um, he's good in that. But that trip was too much. Could understand him actually talking to people, but that would go into the far. Oh yeah, the middle of the start and middle of Act Three were weird. Not for me. I love the way that all the proper British weird music and all the pop stuff was then moulded in with the score and there was Moby and All Saints and all sorts of stuff. And oh. Tilda Swinton was so young. Oh. And, the, and the direction and the motion capture at point with the um, delayed framing, that was pretty cool. And there was one point where I'm moaning about someone taking pictures of the stars. No, 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 don't take pictures of the stars. Just don't. Don't moan about someone doing that. Because you're all a sky for the stars. And it's properly peaceful. And someone that likes to drive home and look at the stars on a drive home, it's nice. So, yeah, if you offered me back in the year 2000, would you like to go and see Toy Story 2 of Beach now as an adult? I will go and see Toy Story 2. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will. 
And then the last film, I was sitting here on Saturday night, I'd watched some football, some stuff had gone on in my life and I was busy sorting a few things out. I was like, well, what can I watch? And I was just sitting there, I was like, well, what, what else is on Disney Plus? What's comforting, but not that comforting, but I will actually pay attention to it. You know, do a tweet along kind of thing. And I found Titanic. So I did back to back to Catrio at the end of last week. <laughs> but yeah, I sat there. And I watched Titanic and I was like, no, no, you've seen this now enough that you're not going to cry. You're going to be fine. It's going to be all right. And da, 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 da. And it's as she gets in that, it's as he, no, it's as he puts the coat around her before she gets into the second boat. Um, and then the flare goes off behind DiCaprio while they're having a little conversation about the fact that he always wins. And I started crying because I knew that the next line was going to be a you jump, I jump, right? I was like, oh, God. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> it is good. Now I've seen it enough. Titanic is a good film. Whether it matches the hype. I also then sat there and just went, right, so how long does it take Titanic to sink? And was like, uh. And I looked up time the Titanic started sinking. I was like, oh, okay, we're one hour 40 into this film. And at the exact moment that the Titanic sinks in the film is the length of time in, that, in the film at that stage as to how long it took the boat to sink. It takes for the boat, from the start of the film to the moment it's all down in the water, two hours and 42 minutes. And it took Titanic two hours and 42 minutes to sink. So that is proper movie trivia for you. That is good. And also, um, the James Cameron cameos of the, as much as he drew Kate Winslet, um, in the art and did the hand on the glass. Um, he also is when they're in the boiler room and anyone's replying, he's all the different people replying. That's pretty cool. So yeah, that's my film nerdiness for the last fortnight there's not as much there as there normally is but we've got a lot to talk through in a minute so we'll move on to that pretty swiftly but hopefully there's something there that's grabbed your interest so we need to talk about hbo ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh of all the weeks there's been all sorts of weird stuff this week that's gone wrong and things have gone against all sorts of people and all sorts of stuff has changed but hbo is oh, we all sat there when they said HBO Max was going to be a thing. By the way, we don't get HBO, okay? We get Sky Atlantic, which shows all of HBO um, and HBO Max up to a certain point. Um, and that's through Sky and Now TV, which I currently have, which is why I'm binging Game of Thrones at the moment. Um, so we don't have that, um, but... It does affect our content because if stuff's getting cancelled or delayed on HBO Max, then we're not getting it eventually, which is a bit like a... But I really wanted to watch that show and I really wanted to do this. and uh, So, it's odd in that respect. So, yeah, we all sat here. Well, I sat there about five years ago. I've ever been properly launching a few more online stuff with HBO Max and thinking about how they were going to challenge Netflix and things like that. And... I was having a chat with some people online and we all sat and went, it's not going to work. It's too many different things. Like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And then, obviously, there was the whole pandemic and putting stuff on streaming so many days after it had appeared on um, demand and with the um, information there and 
all things like that. And so that changed me outside. And then HBO Max, apparently you have to pay more for. It's more of an online thing than actual um, normal thing. See, I'm not sure about how HBO works because I don't have it. Um, but obviously then this week um, things started getting cancelled and was all just like, ah, oh, so this has happened and that's happened and what's going down there and blah, blah, blah. And then Batgirl got cancelled and everyone just went, I'm sorry, what? And it's really actually affected the UK quite a bit because it was all filmed in Glasgow and a lot of businesses had to shut while they filmed there. And just like, hmm, are we going to get to see this? Are we going to get to do that? And and my, my dad doesn't do conspiracy theories, but my dad sat there and he actually sat there yesterday and said, you know what, they will release Batgirl because it's getting all the hype, and but we won't get it till next year, and it will just appear on Sky Atlantic and normal HBO. I was like, he's got a good point, you know? Because, you know, we, we weren't hyped for Batgirl, we were hyped for Michael Keaton <laughs> returning to put on the suit. But it's just a case of, hmm, okay, so we can do this, or we do okay. But... I'm not sure why you would have a premium paid thing as well as your normal HBO. Because again, I'm not sure how HBO works in America. But from what I've gathered from watching films and other TV shows, and it is that you buy HBO on top of whatever your cable thing is. And then for HBO Max, you have to pay more. Does that make sense? If you're American, please can you explain how HBO works to me? Um, so, yeah, it's like you've got your sky package and then you have to pay extra for one package with an extra few bits of information like so oh, okay but obviously it's now said it's going to merge with um disney um discovery plus um so that's going to be interesting to see how that happens it's also going to be interesting to see how they actually deal with this and what gets cancelled and so it's going to be interesting to see the compensation for the work and the effort that people put in on stuff that's now suddenly been cancelled and not happening. So that will be very interesting to see. That's a very odd thing to go on. Um, the other thing, obviously, at the moment, is that all the other... Because there's so many streaming things, Paramount Plus has come out over here in the last week and a bit, finally. <laughs> been waiting two years for Paramount Plus, and everyone's kind of like, oh, Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that there'll be people that get it. I know my dad wants to watch Star Trek on it eventually. Um, I have no plans to get it at the moment. But there is too many different streaming services. Uh, you know, I've just bought back Disney Plus. Um, mainly because it's through my phone and it's an offer. And I get it for six months at a time. There's now enough content, but I can watch it for six months at a time. But also tried to coincide it with the start of the Mandalorian, so that then when that start when the Mandalorian starts, I can be on my last month, and then only have to pay for one month more, which is fair enough. <laughs> but you know, once I've finished Game of Thrones, I might get rid of Now TV because obviously I'll have Disney Plus, and that's an extra thing that's being paid for every month. And you know, at the moment I can afford both, but I don't want to be sitting there watching all of this and think like hang on i'm paying out for netflix and now tv and disney plus and a cinema card <laughs> yeah one will go and it will probably be now tv once i've done game of thrones but it will return don't worry it will definitely return um but yeah we're all just clambering to find out what streaming service we all want to be with and 
what we're going to do. And you know what? You do sometimes sit around and just go, I miss the box. I miss the little Virgin or Skybox that you plug in and it's got all the channels on and you just pay one amount and it's all on there. That worked. That really, really did work, didn't it? But nah. Nah, 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 nah. We don't do that anymore. Nope. I know that being a millennial, I am part of that problem. But... Yeah, it is becoming a case of like, you've got to have all the different services. All my family have watched Ted Lasso apart from me, but I don't have Apple Plus or Apple TV. So, and also, when if I ever get Apple TV or Apple Plus, I want to watch The Essex Serpent before I watch that and um, the Chris Evans TV show, um, Defending Jacob. So, Ted Lasso is well down my list of stuff I want to watch, but it's going to be at least this time next year if I ever get Apple TV. You know, oh, yeah, the streaming service thing's going a bit mad. <laughs> hmm. But as long as they keep making good content on all of it, I think we're going to be having this issue for a little while longer. I really, really do. So it's time to look at what you've all been watching in the last fortnight. There's been some big changes both at home and at the cinema. So let's get on with this, shall we? So for home viewing on the 27th of July, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was number one. Mm-hmm. Two was the Northman. Three was Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore. Four was Batman. Five was Spider-Man No Way Home. Six was Sing 2. Sonic the Hedgehog was at seven. The Bad Guys was at 8, Operation Mincemeat was at 9, and Top Gun was at 10. The big dropper of the four of that week was, unfortunately, the unbearable weight of massive talent. You all obviously had your Pascal and Cage fix and just went, ah, that will do. So that's what happened there. There weren't many other new entries that week. And then for the week of the 3rd of August, Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore went back up to number one. Mm. The Lost City was at number two, Doctor Strange was at three, The Batman was at four, The Northman was at five, Spider-Man was six, Sing 2 was at seven, June re-entered the top ten at eight, Top Gun was at nine, and Morbius was at ten. Uh, the biggest move in this week was, hang on, it's just disappeared and it's just glitched out on me, it was The Phantom of the Open, which leapt up from 14 to number 13 in the chart. Um, again, there weren't many other new entries. Oh, re-entries for Tenet and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's quite interesting to see. Not sure why, but that's good. That's very interesting. And then, for your cinema viewing, let's have a look at this, shall we? So, for the weekend of the 22nd to the 24th of July, Minions Rise of Gru was number one in the box office. It took 3.08 million. For Love and Thunder was at 2, and that took 3.05 million. World of Core Dancing was at 3 with 1.3, Elvis with 1.2, Top Gun Maverick with 1.09, still making it in, get on it. Try My Face, um, the National Theatre Jodie Comer performance was at 6 with 400,000. Um, for 447,000. Jurassic World was at 7 with 430,000. The Railway Children took 300,000. Lightyear took 200,000. And the Black Phone finished off the top 10 with 175,000. 
that is your top 10 for that week and then for the week of weekend of the 29th to the 31st of july dc super pets leapt up to number one it took 2.6 million pounds minions was at two and that took 1.992 for love and thunder was at three and that took 1.908 elvis was at four and that took 1.102 mm. Top Gun was at five, and that took 900,000. Wow. Um, that's ridiculous. It's still taking that amount of money after 10 weeks. Where Claudad Singh took 800,000. Dirty Dancing Secret Cinema took 500,000. Jurassic World took 280,000. Prima Face Encore took 240,000 at nine. And Railway Children Return took 190,000 at 10. Um, there wasn't any other new entries that week. So that is very interesting to see what's been going on there. Um, it's interesting that Top Gun still is making a million quid in week 10. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm loving it, but it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, that's what you've all been watching. You've been watching your kids' films, your DC Super Pets, your Minions, your Four, um, your, where was it, your Fantastic Beasts. And your Marvel with Doctor Strange. The Northman's the only weird thing that's in there, if I'm honest. It, not that that's weird. I think that's just because people weren't willing to go to the cinema to watch it and then they've all got it at home. Much like the previous fortnight when I was talking about unbearable weight. So, yeah, that was what you've all been watching in the last fortnight. That is very interesting to see. So, as much as I have just sat here a few minutes ago and talked about streaming services and the issue with prices and not being able to afford it and watch it all and no one actually watching anything at the same time anymore i now have disney plus and i binged kenobi and when i say i binged kenobi um i text my sister and said disney plus has arrived i've changed the logo the parents have got it logged on i'm gonna start kenobi and she went well when are you gonna start on sunday night she was like oh, okay she's away at the moment she's finally on her honeymoon and she said well obviously if i'm in canada just drop me a message to say that you've finished it um if not then we'll chat when i'm back I'm like, oh, okay that's fine so i started last sunday at 9 p.m and i watched the first episode and i was done by tuesday at 10 p.m i did one on sunday two on monday and three on went three on tuesday and oh, oh my god oh. the issue is i don't want to talk about it because i muted it once i knew we were getting near once it was about a month away i muted everything star wars and kenobi linked which is hard as a star wars nerd that is really hard to do you just don't really think like Whoa. Where's all my feed gone? What's happening? What's going on? And that was really hard to do. And oh, I'm glad I did. There was one thing that I found out about episode three. And when I went and saw my sister during the fortnight, she was like, what's the one thing you know? And I said, oh, oh okay. She's like, yeah, that's pretty major. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And that happened in episode three, and that's when I stopped. And then on the Tuesday, when I just was like, oh, I'm watching it all, she's like, oh, all good. <laughs> and oh, it's definitely one of the three best Disney Plus series so far. Maybe it's because I binged it and it's the hype of, you know, it being Obi-Wan and it being Darth Vader being back and it being one continuous story. But 
it worked. It worked so well. He says the line. Oh, I messaged my sister. I'm just like, he said the line. He said the line. Episode four of the show, I think, is actually up there with Mandalorian episode 15. Oh, it's... Wow, yeah, it's it's not the best TV show. I it's not the best TV episode that I've seen in the last couple of years. That is the Mandalorian episode fifteen, but it's pretty darn close to being like second behind it. Um, the cinematography, the style, the urgency. The fr- oh, it was. Oh. This isn't saying that the other five episodes are bad because the other five episodes were absolutely fantastic. But episode four. Oh, oh, yeah, it just, it was so clever. There were so many bits in there, and it was just like, yeah, that's interesting what that's happening, it's interesting what that's there. It was just like, just sitting there, nerding out. Um, I'm going to ask something, which might be spoiling, because I asked my sister um, in the second episode, I said, is that Cody? (laughs) And she went, I don't get your reference, and I was like, oh, um, Attack of the Clones. She's like, no, I still don't get a reference. My sister is a casual Star Wars watcher. She's not gonna. She's didn't watch any of the Mandalorian, um, but what her husband watched it. But she popped in and out, and she saw the end, and she was like, oh, okay. And then when I told her about, it, I cried. She's like, oh, I understand that. Yeah, that's ridiculously sad and sweet, and everything that was going on with that, and uh, yeah. So, and she hadn't watched any of um, Boba Fett, which is on my list. It is. It's happening soon, I promise. Although it's probably Moonlight next, if I'm really honest. Um, But, um, it was, it just had that feel of it was the correct TV at the right time. And Ewan McGregor was amazing. And Hayden was brilliant. And Moses Ingram was, ah, and... I love the fact that you assume when you start watching it, it's going to be about one thing and it's completely not about that. It's about something else. Oh, it was just so clever and it just fits in perfectly. I also love the fact that at the start, um, it had a recap of the prequels. That was really good. My sister was like, I should, my sister sat there when I said that. I was like, oh my God, the recap of the prequels. She's like, yeah, I haven't seen the prequels in about 10 years. I was like, when did you last watch the prequels? She's like, probably when I moved out, I was like, when we probably moved in here, I was like, oh, okay, well, fine, yeah, you've been out for about seven years now, so, yeah, no, that makes sense, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I liked that, I also love the fact you can skip the intro, oh, as someone that now knows that 1 minute 58 is the perfect time to brew a cup of tea, using the fact that the Game of Thrones intro is that long, that's pretty darn good, but skipping the intro is just like, yeah, that'll do, thank you, Oh, it just worked. And, you know, Joel Edgerton's in it, and you just sit there and just think, oh, just take it for granted that Joel Edgerton's in it. Oh, oh, it just worked. It really did. And I really hope you've all, if you've watched it, we need to have a chat. And if you haven't, I hope you've muted it, and I hope that once you have watched it, you come find me and you have a chat, because it is... It's special TV. Is it better with Falcon Winter Soldier? Uh, I'm not sure. I think time will tell. I think we watch them both all time. All that time. It's not better than Mando. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's not. Um, but it's definite. It's definitely at least equal with Falcon Winter Soldier, if not better. <sighs> yeah, I'm so glad I binged Obi Wan Kenobi, and I really can't wait to watch it again. Ah. Oh. I'm almost there of actually some of my Star Wars re-watching. So maybe I'll watch it once I've done uh, Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might have to happen, you know. So, this Fortnite's big review is Bullet Train. Ooh-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Although we probably actually won't get to Bullet Train. We've got some other stuff to talk about with it as well. So, we will get to Bullet Train, don't worry. <laughs> so... Got an email from Cineworld going, ah, it's August specials with us. You're an unlimited member. Um, we'll send you your first surprise on the 1st of August, but every time you book up a film the following day, we'll give you another surprise to use up to the last, first week in September. I okay. And obviously all my surprises went to my junk. Um, and I went to go see Bullet Train, and I intended, because Bullet Train didn't have that good a rep or critic chat about it, and I was like, this is going to be a popcorn film. Oh, I've eaten well most of the day, so I can buy a popcorn. Yeah, that's fine. So I went up to Patil. Good-looking guy was not there at all. <sighs> um, and said, hi, um, I've got my unlimited card. Apparently I'm entitled to some stuff. And they scanned it for me and went, you get a free popcorn and a free drink. Oh. <laughs> so I got my free popcorn and my free drink. And went to the cinema and sat down in my lovely chair in Screen X. And a number of people that came in were like, oh, Screen X. Oh. So that was very nice. Also, the chair next to me was broken. Because when I bought it, it said it was out of action. So I put my popcorn and my drink in the chair next to me. Happy days. And my bag. So I was sitting there. Eating my popcorn, drinking my drink. The, uh, the adverts finished, which were about 15 minutes. I mean, it was about 15 minutes worth of trailers as well, but it was completely worth it. So I'm sitting there, the Screen X trailer happens, and you go, okay, because they do a Screen X trailer. For those of you that don't know what Screen X is, Screen X is 270 degrees worth of screen. So as well as a huge screen in front of you, which is only about two meters smaller than an IMAX screen, you get the side walls illuminate as well at certain points during the film. So when I went to go and see Top Gun, um, when the planes took off, they took off and you could still see them flying over the top of your head. It's really high room as well. It's the highest room they have. Um, so they always have a trailer at the start of Screen X to get you used to it. So they put like graphics up and there's things flying all over the place and then you're worth it. I was just sitting there going, oh, okay, okay. And then the screen went black and it started doing the rest of the Cine World stuff. And then it just said the word sign copy. And I actually did yell out an expletive. <laughs> because I had been told to expect this during um, Nope, which we don't get yet. <sighs> um, we'll get it soon, thank God for that. Um, and I was sitting there and up it came. Up came the trailer for Oppenheimer, and I got when it finished. I went to the room. I'm sorry, and someone that's fair enough, love. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh, so when you go and see Bullet Train, you will get the trailer for Oppenheimer before it. Oh, is it 2023 yet? 
Most of my 2023 list is already pre-written. There's a lot I want to go and see next year. It's going to... People aren't going to see me. There's going to be stuff that misses out on this 23, on the 32 list, which I'm desperately going to want to see. I might have to extend it, but it's always been 32 because it should always be one per day of the month plus an extra. Plus what you actually really want to see the most. That's how I count it as. But, oh, yeah, that was good. That was worth the extra free, not free, um, 50p that you get for a black membership or a Green X card, definitely. Um, so yeah, Bullet Train. Bullet Train starts off taking itself very, very, very seriously to the point where you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then something happens and you go, you're not taking yourself seriously anymore. And then something else even more random happens and you go, right, okay. So you t- were serious to start with to get us all involved in various characters and what was going on. And now you've just gone, right, we haven't got time for this anymore. We're going to go over the top. <sighs> oh, it was it was fun. I've seen a lot of mid-level um, action comedies this year. You know, like the um, Lost City and Moonfall, um, where... I don't take themselves too seriously, but they do have a core audience. You just sit around and go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what to expect kind of thing. And this is the one that's worked the best out of the mid-tier level. It's not the Adam Project. It's not Unbearable Weight. Unbearable Weight is not an action movie, though. That's just hilarious. Um, Adam Project is an action film, though. Um, but this, for the next tier down of the ones that don't take themselves seriously is the best I've seen. Brad Pitt is still bankable. He's still a brilliant lead. He's really clever. His stunts all over the place. There is one that he goes slow motion and that was going all around the screen next to him. just stuff flying everywhere. That was like, ah, yeah, that's cool. Um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, a huge member, possibly the person that started up the Aaron Taylor-Johnson film club, not film club, fan club, but for serious films, not kick-ass. I've still never seen them. It's on the list. Don't worry, the kick-ass films are on the list. Anyway, so yeah, I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I love it when he's evil. That's what I quite like, when you're not sure whether you can trust him or not. And someone actually said, why is Aaron Taylor Johnson putting on that accent? It's just like, that is Aaron Taylor Johnson's accent. <laughs> I'm not sure what else you've been watching to make you think of this otherwise, but that is Aaron Taylor Johnson's accent. There was a lot of different people and different stories going on on the train. I like the fact that some of the stories you find out later on and that they do all intertwine and all link at the end. That's kind of a bit of a spoiler. My bad. (laughs) Um, But there's also enough cameos. I don't like the fact that in the actual film trailers it is revealed that it's Sandra Bullock. That's not a spoiler. It's in the film trailers. She's in all of them. Um... But that could have been kept more of quiet. So when others happen, you do kind of sit and say, oh, okay, oh, okay. But there are people that you would expect to make spoilers in this kind of film, so it's not as much of a, ah. So the first one kind of was great. Oh, okay, because you're expecting one cameo, something similar. And then the second one is like, oh, oh, oh. And then obviously Sandra Bullock then turns off and you think, oh, okay. It's very clever. I didn't think it would be referencing Thomas the Tank Engine so much, but, you know this is life um and yeah it was good it was fun i enjoyed it um some of it it was laughably bad but some but it was laughably bad in a good way does that make sense um i had fun i smiled 
Um, it does need a big screen. I'm not sure whether it was worth the extra 50p for Screen X. Um, it pro- I think it probably was. For, for, the C- for Act 3, I'd say it's worth the 50p. Um, I'm not sure how much the rest of you pay for Screen X. I've never actually clicked on that because as a member, I don't get that. I just click on a button and it just tells me if I when I pay it, when I pay it, it goes, oh, actually, you owe us. I go, I've got a gift card here somewhere, so that someone's given me years ago to get my money off. So, yeah. No, it's well worth it. If this is your kind of thing. It is actually a popcorn film. There is no doubt about it. This is a popcorn film which will be on Sky Cinema and will be on Netflix and people will watch it and will go, that was bloody hilarious, wasn't it? That was fun. That didn't take itself seriously. Brad Pitt's really good. Who was that? They were interesting. Oh, they're in this. Oh, it's clever. It's very, very clever. It's fun. And I had a blast watching it. And at the end of the day, I think that's all this kind of film needs. If you come out going, yeah, that was full on. I enjoyed that. And whoa, it's done its job. So when all the critics are sitting there going, oh, it's slapdash. It's because it starts off being serious and then it just goes, I am now chaos. (laughs) So, yeah, I would recommend you go and watch Bullet Train just for the giggles. Definitely for the giggles. is that for this fortnight's episode thank you all as always for listening you know it's always really appreciated next episode will be available on 24th of august i am busy that day so i haven't yet decided what time that will be but i'm hoping it will still be the normal time that it is um until then you know where to find me it is popcorn underscore four underscore one on twitter instagram and letterboxd and it's popcorn1.co.uk for the actual blog and all the reviews But until then, have a fantastic fortnight. Look after yourselves, love yourself and those that are around you. And I will speak to you on the 24th. Take care. Bye.